0: It's that time of week, one of the best in the business. He does a little bit of everything. Still rocking more Phoenix Suns gear. I still don't know how I feel about that, but considering I matured last week, I'm over it. <laughs> but not really. <laughs> <Checking> <laughs> vanilla. Well, but you just fake like Yeah, life. with the Nebraska prep I'm just trying to figure out what the Lakers are going to do this week. You guys are built for the long haul already, so you're good. Your guys understand roles you can share you're more traditional um it's kind of cool to watch you guys actually you guys thank like you you're out there in the <laughs> and open. but embrace roles and have them well defined and like if it's a copycat league i hope more people copy off of Phoenix.
1: well and and one of the really cool parts of it this run has been different guys stepping up. like chris paul not being able to play campaign stepping up 29 points nine assists no turnovers um, I guess I saw a stat that that's LeBron, Magic, and Larry are the, like the only other three that have done that, had that stat line in the conference finals before. So that's pretty good company for your backup point guard who suddenly had to step in and play 35, 38 minutes uh, with, with Chris Paul not available. So
0: selfishly, you know what I really like? I'm, I'm just because I'm a fan of the sport, right? I don't love Phoenix obviously, but I love the game. It's the more things change the more things stay the same so what are we back to now define rules they pass first point guard a scoring guard two versatile wings that can guard and a center that actually enjoys playing somewhere near the basket right like it's like whoa what do you mean that works <laughs>
1: yeah. that that has a that has a place in the game and then the guy's like a throwback. Yeah, and the guys they got coming off the bench can kind of be in between pieces. You got a combo guard. You got a wing that can play the three or the four coming in there. Um, you got Sarge who can play the four or the five. So um, it's just a really well-constructed roster, uh, which is a huge part of why I think that they play so well together is
0: they can fit together. Is what Phoenix is doing with, listen, they have a PG and SG a three, a four, a small, a bigger power forward. Now, the skills can change within those parameters. And a center. Can positionless basketball, is it like Operation <laughs> Mind Blown, or do you think it's it can be copied?
1: Well, even within that, the Suns play fairly positionless with those different guys, with Crowder, the way he faces the floor, and then can still hold his own on the glass and, and body up guys inside on the defensive end. Um, with uh, a guy, again, like Cam Johnson, who, by the way, is a shooter. Step in, he's 6'8", he can hold his own. So they've got guys that are able to play. Booker can handle the ball, or he can play uh, off the ball the whole time, depending on who else is out there with him. You've got the Chris and campaign backcourt where you can put those guys out there together. So they, they do have, like you said, kind of that starting line, they've got guys that are kind of locked into positions. Everybody knows their job. But they also have versatility within that. And that's what makes them so tough for, I think, other teams to match up with.
0: If, if you're watching, and you, you just came from the Iowa's Fieldhouse, and we both have been watching a lot of high school summer hoops, yeah. are there any takeaways that you think from where you think the game may be in a year or two versus what you're seeing happen at the high school level now? Or do you still think there are just a couple of key things And coaches will adjust with the talent that they get. Is there a way that you think the game, a direction that you think the game is moving in terms of how people want to put things together?
1: Yeah. At the high school level, not really. I don't think there's some massive movement. I think uh, you, you are getting some younger coaches in here in different places that are running things a little bit differently, but for the most part, it's, uh kind of coaches do what they do and they, they fit to the talent they have you can can only do so much depending on uh what you have available out there on the court um so i, I don't know that there's any one train uh, one uh beyond the obviously spacing and and skill is really being valued right now i think that continues to trickle down um cuz you're not going to get nba level athletes at high school level very much it's uh the ability to shoot is always going to be uh, incredibly important in basketball but outside of that, um, I think it just really kind of depends on wh- what you're looking at, who it is that you're dealing with. When you're watching some of the, the high school stuff, as, as, as much
0: as I am and you are, and you try to translate it into next level, whether it's small college, whatever college, versus I'm not even really talking about the NBA. Can, do you think you can still win games at the high school level without your ball handler, your primary ball handler?
1: At least being a threat to score. Yeah, that that makes it tough, depending like if you've got some guys out there. you can I think you can still win with the kind of three point five assists type of game point guard. If you've got some real scoring talent on the wings, you can still have role players that fit in that don't necessarily have to be scoring threats. If that's your point guard, um, that's okay as long as he knows how to make plays for others, you have to be a threat. okay? that's how you have to be a threat on offense. You don't necessarily have to be a threat to score um, consistently at the high school level. If you can get in the paint and make plays for others you can get in there, kick it out, get the swing. Somebody else knocks down a wide open three. Um, you can handle it, get the team into your sets, get guys directed, get the ball entered to where it needs to go to start uh, your play or whatever. You can still win with those kind of point guards as long as you've got the talent around them to make up for it.
0: And this uh, quasi NBA couple of minutes versus high school. Uh correlation. I was watching the Milwaukee Bucks last night and I was kind of scratching my head. I'm like, okay, Trey Young's gonna score fifty if Milwaukee doesn't figure out what to do with kind of this drop coverage on ball screens. Are you surprised when you watch the game of basketball in what's been dubbed a make or miss league? We know that. That such subtle changes don't happen quicker or, or are you one of those people that think you know elite level talent darn if you do darn if you don't
1: yeah that that is tough and part of it too is sometimes coaches are um stubborn and they're going to go with a what other times you you trust in the scouting report and if guys are beating you in ways that you don't expect you don't necessarily uh correct immediately and completely change everything you're trying to do. You, you got to make them prove it, I think, a little bit. And I think the Suns kind of did that with uh, Boogie Cousins uh, in that game. He came in, scored 11 points right away. Uh, Sarge just had nothing for him uh, in the first half and just kill him. Second half, they didn't adjust anything. They, they, um Clippers rolled them back out there. Suns just played a li- it a little bit better. Sarge did better, and then they took advantage of him being out there. So they didn't they didn't overreact to early success from Cousins, which is not really something that you'd expect um, to, to that degree. They kind of trusted their scouting report and it did end up even and out. Um, but at the same time, when you've got a, an elite talent like that and is beating you the way that you want him to beat you, you probably have to at least try to disrupt it a little bit and throw something different at him or stretches a little bit. Maybe you can go back to what you're trying early on. Um, it, like you said, with elite talent, it, it's tough. Um, there, there is no easy way to do it because you have to be really good at what you're doing so that's sometimes where you do stick to what you know whereas like yeah maybe this could potentially be a slightly better way to play this but do you have the personnel to play it that way at a really high level and are those guys used to doing these different things and we're seeing that with the Clippers in game two where um, they had Terrence Mann on Booker in, in game one and he just had nothing for him could not could not stick with him could not get through screens um, and he just absolutely killed them. Second game, they they made the adjustment, put Pat Beverly on him, and kept with the drop with Zubats there at the rim, and they really did shut down Booker. He had a horrible game, and it was a lot of it was because Patrick Beverly was getting through the screens and getting back into the play, whereas Man was kind of getting stuck behind and kind of dying on the screen, and Booker just had all that space to work with.
0: It's really hard to trail a screener. Um, <laughs> let, let me
1: ask you this, because. I'm kind of watching what the, what's happening
0: in, in the high school level, and I know last week we talked a little bit about a guy like Josiah Dotzler who um, kind of defies analytics sometimes in terms of uh, the pull-up game, the floaters, the runners in the lane, things like that. And I watched Trey Young, who, and I watched guys like Kawhi Leonard I watch guys like Paul George, mid-range, long twos, uh, pull-up game, floaters in the lane. Isn't there a place now with how you see the high school game going, with the level of talent? Where do you think you could you're going to see a handful, more than ten or twelve, of these guys that are have become very adept? two-point shots where you're willing to go back and forth, two for three? I,
1: that, that's going to come down to the work ethic of those guys. The reason it's working so well for those guys is just because they are that good at it. Like that, uh, talking with uh, Gary Sharp on, on 1620 earlier today and um, talking a little bit, it's just Trey Young is just a testament to work ethic and incredible skill development because because yeah, physically, physically he's yeah. not that guy no and whether athleticism size he does not have the typical physical tools even an av- average physical tools for the position at the nba level he does it all off of iq feel and skill and it's just you, you've seen kind of some of the drills that he does like we have seen some some clips of that just kind of the, the bad pass um shooting drills and just all the the stuff like he and his dad all the hours they put into getting to this level. That's what it takes to be that good. We're seeing Devin Booker. It's just kind of crazy the way that he, he's evolved, where coming out of Kentucky, it was all three point shot. You kind of looking at him as just kind of a, uh, a spot up shooter type of guy. Um, and he's just, as he's come into the league and Phoenix has needed more and more of him, he's worked, put so much time into that, the pull up game and the ability to get to spots and rise up and knock it down to be able to create for the Suns. Whereas as opposed to being a guy that needed the offense created for him. So it's just it's gonna come down to are guys willing to and able to put the guys with the the requisite talent, are they gonna put in the the work at the or the work there to get to that elite level where it does make sense, where that is the best option for a team on any given point? Because there are a lot of guys that can get close, that they're kinda in that mix, but is that gonna be the best option for your team? Not until you are the best of the best at it, I think. So we're
0: getting ready to, you know, we're on, June came and went. It's <laughs> crazy. Uh, we've got one more week that we'll have left in June, and then we've got River Cities that will be here locally that July Fourth weekend. What kind of transition do you anticipate, or would you like to see as our high schoolers get out of kind of the summer league? You know, West Side just was in Sioux City yesterday. They'll be in Kansas City. Uh, this weekend prep has, you know, their little circuit. We've seen Bellevue West with their mini camp. What what would you like to see, or what do you think you'll see as they transition out of their high school workouts back into the the live period that's getting ready to happen in July?
1: Yeah, hopefully, just I think the big thing is opportunity more so than things that you have to be at. I think the chance to to get in the gym and get some extra shots up. If you want to, I know, like we were just talking about this, um, you decided, I say we're going to go one practice a week. Guys have played so much basketball this last month. Um, we feel like one practice a week we can get done what we need to. They'll still have opportunities, open gyms, get in the gym, get some shots up or whatever outside of that, but we're not going to make them come, um, to the gym and practice more than once a week for this last month here. Um, we were doing two, two, two practices a week in, in the spring. Um, and obviously, again, they, they put in so much work over this last month. Now it's just about maintaining and making sure you got that chemistry and everybody knows what we need to do. Um, but so it's just, I think kind of finding that balance between a little bit of rest, but the ability to get in the gym and work on your game when, when it works for
0: you, where do you kind of draw the line between the, the rigor and being in the gym in terms of skill development and, and the rash of injuries, uh, and guys missing time. Uh, especially in this last calendar year, uh, some of it is rigor. You only get one body. Some of it is trying to hurry back after a pandemic, trying to make up for lost time. Uh, kind of where are you with how we're, folks have, have managed the body and 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 a little bit of a run of injuries
1: here? Yeah, ultimately it's got to be on the, the individual player and the people around him and the training training staff with at their school to be able to realize and recognize, all right, He's played a lot of basketball this week. Maybe we give him this one tournament off, pull up a younger guy and give him that opportunity. Um, and we, I have seen that a lot th- this month where yeah. guys will play uh, on a Friday and then their school is in a Saturday deal. And you'll see some of the kind of the older, more experienced players on, on the bench and street clothes watching while the younger guys kind of get more of an opportunity. And I think that's something that coaches are trying to um, keep that balance of, we're getting you plenty of work, but we're not going to overwork you to the point where now you're injured and missing time. So it's, you gotta have, you gotta be smart about your own body and you gotta kind of be listening to it when um, maybe you feel a little something there. Don't push it, especially, especially this month. Like you've got so many opportunities throughout the month. Um, You got summer league every week, and then there's usually at least one or two events every weekend. Um, So don't push yourself, get in a lot of work, but um, just be smart about it. I think.
0: Well, let's talk let's let's recap uh Monday was obviously here in Omaha Tuesday was in Lincoln. uh, you just came from yeah West field House today. how you're trending, you're trying to get some confirmation, I guess bias. It's <laughs> nothing else just
1: confirmation. What are your eyes telling you? yeah, just it is all about trying to see kids as many different times as I can and try to see as many different schools as I can to where all right. Saw someone play week one, week two, week three. So now you get getting a feel of, okay, what they're how they're playing within their role. Um, and I think one thing that uh, I, I think people were probably a little uh, looking to write off miller North a little bit a uh, little too quickly, I think, based on everything they lost. But Jason Green and their young kids, and I think the seniors from last the, the juniors from last year already kind of stepping in roles. I think miller North is going to be right there in the mix again, especially at the end of the season after some of their more less experienced uh, players. That's, that's kind of inter- gets,
0: that's interesting. Get more you say time. that after, um, summer league the other day, uh, I was talking to, actually it was my kiddo. And we were talking about matchups, right? We we're talking about Bellevue West and and Mellor North and some other schools prep and we just kind of shooting a breeze And about four or five minutes into the conversation. And, Cause they had had, they had good success against Bellevue West and, I told him it's a little bit of fool's gold. It's still, still the summer. And he said, "You know, on paper, I actually think Mellon North is a tougher matchup for us than Bellevue West, based on the way that they play." And I thought that that was interesting because you know him, you know how he thinks. Like he's, 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 he looks, he looks at stuff like that. It's not just about talent or whatever. He talks, he gets into matchups, and that kind of got me thinking. If they can get enough easy points, they'll they have the potential to be one of the better shooting teams
1: in the metro. And they're going to push the pace like Jason Green have the as a grab and go threat. That's he's going to put so much pressure on defenses this year. He is going to be handling the ball a lot more than he did last year, and he's going to be given those opportunities to make the plays. He grabbed the board. He's going to be looking to push it right away. And you've got guys that get out and run. They've got athletes. They've got shooters. So I think the transition game is going to be huge for them to get those easy points that you're talking about. And then uh, David Harmon, just uh, the athleticism um, in that backcourt, his ability to get short on confidence. (laughs) Definitely not. And he's been backing it up uh, the last few weeks that I've seen him play. Um, That was kind of, you didn't quite know what he was going to give him last year because, or this year, because he didn't play a whole lot last year. Got in, gave a couple of defensive minutes here and there, and then he was out. Maybe he'd shoot once every other game or so. Um, but th- th- this month he's really kind of stepped into, a, a, a key role on that team and he's been playing really well. So it's guys like that, that are going to kind of set the tone for them. And then you've got the Neil Mossers, the Eli Gase, Isaiah McMorris, guys that are going to kind of get better as the season goes on, as they get even more, uh, varsity clock.
0: So anybody out there that you're kind of saying that h- has changed your opinion to the good or to the bad. Over the last three or four weeks, right, where you're looking to say, OK, it's about what I thought or uh, not quite where I thought to the uh, we'll say positive and negative, but to the good or yeah. to the bad in terms of level of expectations.
1: I don't know that there have been any like huge surprises. Um, a lot of the teams that I thought would be pretty good have been. I think Lincoln Southwest just kind of knowing that they've got Ryland Smith coming back and seeing Ben Hunziker back in the mix. Uh, On Tuesday, he was really good. Um, He he was a little bit out of shape that first week coming back after missing so much time. But um, he makes such a difference for that team. So now you add Rylan Smith and guys like Lucas Helms and Bond Boom who have um, had the chance to kind of take the car keys and run it this last month. Lucas has been running the point with Rylan out. And Bond's been starting at the two with Ben out. Um, And and those guys are, are younger players that haven't played a whole lot. But have the ability to step in and, and be difference makers. So now you got those guys coming off the bench or playing off of guys like Helms or, or off guys like uh, Smith and, and Hunziker, and now they they're going to become even more difficult to guard once you get once they get to full strength. So I think that's a team that probably I you kind of felt like that they had enough coming back that they should be good. Um, I've been impressed with the way that they have played. I think.
0: Let me give you a couple of choices here. Uh, we kind of wind this down because they're coming off pretty, in my opinion, impressive high school uh, summer league performances that have a chance to really elevate. I'm not talking about recruiting coming up here in July. I'm talking about for the upcoming season. And I give you guys like Jaden Dawson, yeah. Brocale, Papio South. Yeah. Um, and, and let me give you one more kind of, off the radar a little bit. I want to go back to Harmon. When you talk about guys that have the opportunity in the next season, and I'm, and I'm leaving out, obviously, yeah. a few. Those are guys that stick out yeah. to me as like, I watch how their game is elevated. Broquel gets buckets. Uh, you know, right there in my very own household, it was told to me he was the toughest matchup for him last year, and he saw guys like Hausman. Yeah. Uh, he saw guys like Jaron Marshall. Broquel gave him fits. Um, who do you who are you looking like oh boy like not a household name yet they think he's
1: pretty good got a chance to be really good yeah um and we've mentioned him before and kind of in the similar mold to a david Harmon. i think martell evans is a similar player for Uh, prep Prep. who yeah exactly and i think he's playing with better control um than he has um previously like last year watching him he, he came off the bench for them and played i think in pretty much every game but Spot minutes here, there. Sometimes he, th- they left him out there for a little bit longer stretches. Uh, but he came in and it was head down to the rim every single time. Um, I think he's playing with a little bit more control and better utilizing that athleticism versus just kind of running into guys and trying to throw stuff up. Um, so I think, and, and he's starting to knock down jumpers as well. Some um, knock down a couple pull ups, hit a couple threes. So it, if he's got that element to it, in addition, the ability to get to the rim and finish. He's going to be a tough guard this year, and it'll be interesting. Obviously, Luke Jungers coming back as their leading scorer. Uh, Casey O'Malley was their sixth man last year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Evans is right there in terms of leading scores on that team with those with those guys.
0: Let me ask you real quick um, before we get out of here, the the Metro appears to be trending in a in a good spot. From all the the Class B trending in a good spot, Class C trending in a good spot the game overall is is heading in the right direction that going into next year, who you think the usual suspects will be are you leaning more towards chemistry or talent?
1: Yeah I, I think we addressed this a little bit a uh, couple of weeks back. I think we did yeah.
0: in regards to the new faces in yeah. new places. Yeah, that's But true. when you're looking at teams that you think are starting to put it together, what has been the key factor? Is it their co? Has it been their cohesiveness or has it been they've overwhelmed with talent?
1: Well, and I th- I think w- when it comes to your guys at Westside there, absolutely the cohesiveness, the the familiarity with their style, everybody knows what they need to do. And they've, they've changed the way that yeah, they play. Yeah, and they've kind of run roughshod over a lot of the teams they've played, whether it's um, teams that are kind of struggling rebuilding. Or good teams they played as well. I know they I lost, dropped a game or two like very early on. Early, but since then they've been kind of running through everybody, and that's with guys in and out of the lineup at different times. So um, that is huge. A familiarity with what you need to pl- the roles that you need to play on your team. Um, I think that that'll be a, a big part of getting off to fast starts versus guys that have new players stepping up that they're still trying to figure out. All right, what do I need to do? What can I do at this level in this role? Um, it might take some, te- some teams that are losing that much, like, like a Miller North that, um, they've got a lot of talent. They've got a lot of guys that are trying to figure out, all right, where do these guys fall in our rotation? Um, but I, I think w- once that'll take a little bit more time for them to settle in versus a team like Westside that has that continuity, you can get off to a, a fast start and then hopefully build from there.
0: Um, I'm going to put you on the spot cause you see it all as we'll mm-hmm. probably hear the music here coming up. The mm-hmm. The familiar face in a new place that you think will have the opportunity to change his team's dynamic
1: the most. Whew. Uh, Dang Um, Trying to think here off the top of my head, all all, all the movement. Um, Uh,
0: Yeah, there's been quite a bit. You've got Jackson Page. You've got Jacob O'Rope, You've got Mitchell coming over from
1: Creighton. Hey, TK Barnett, I'll throw in there. He's, oh, he's got good a, call. Uh, he's, I think he'll play much better on that team, um, kind of within within that role um, where he doesn't have to do as much playing off of those guards at West. That's why he's a smart guy. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm ODB.
0: Now we'll play the music for real as we get out of here on Nebraska Preps postgame. We'll be back next week.
1: Good at Media Production.